Ever thought about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today. PladiumEdge.com is a great place where you can start your career in broadcasting. Go to PladiumEdge.com. That's PladiumEdge.com. Our next sponsor, Infinite Search Solutions, is Northeast Ohio's premier recruiting and placement service. They make it easy, fast, and simple to find the right people to help you build the perfect team. I personally know Matt Burns and his team. They will find you the candidates you need. Call them today at 440-249-0485 or visit them on the web at www.in-finite.com. Matt Burns, thank you so much. We love you, Infinite Search Solutions. It's Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time, and I have a bunch of guests in here. It's great. And I'll tell you, I've been working on this for a while. And I've got the first three-time guest sitting here, (laughs) Mark Haywald, the head coach at John Carroll University. Hey, Mark. Hey, I, I hope it's just not a convenience thing since I work uh, a mile away from here. But. No, it's fantastic. Listen, you you actually were in our premiere episode, our kickoff inaugural episode with Sonny Marchetti, and then you brought in Sammy Gross, which was a great, and it kicked off, off our second season. But today, you brought in your father, Mark Haywald. Mark, how are you, buddy? Good morning. How are you? This is fun to be here. Two-time national champion at John Carroll University and a Division One. All-American back yeah, in the day. That was fun. Only eight matches to become an All-American at D1 level. Exactly right. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. But back in the day, if you were a D3 champ, you made the D1 uh, situation, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And that's why Carlton Hasselrig ended up being, what, a seven-time NCAA yeah, he's, champion? He's like D2, three-time. And or six-time NCAA champion, D2, and, and, and yeah, D D1. Yeah, it's too um, bad they don't do that anymore. I mean, I think it, it really has taken a lot from the kids of the D2, D3 level. And I think I think wrestling would be better today. Yeah, I mean, so. Joey Davis would have been fun to watch, right? <laughs> oh, sure. You know what I mean? Uh, even though he, uh, Alex Derringer pretty pretty much took him apart. But uh, it would have been fun to watch it, you know, four-time NCAA champion wrestle mm-hmm. at the D1 level. You exactly. Know? Um, but having said that, one of the reasons that I wanted you and Mark, father, Mark, <laughs> yeah is that you were extremely instrumental in my formative years. You were the first state champion from our high school, Beachwood, in the history of our school, in any sport. Yep. And you were the guy to idolize. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, hey, me. You know, I mean, I was a freshman, little fat freshman coming in. I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know a sport, although I had an uncle that was pretty good. Uh, you know, I said... Who do I want to be like? I want to be like you. Now, I never was like you, <laughs> not even close. But, man, when you hit that pancake, look out. Everybody went crazy. Arnie Safferstein <laughs> taught me the pancake. Okay. <laughs> and you hit it. And I did that in the state finals, actually. I know you did. In Absolutely. the state finals, a guy shoots in on a fireman's. I block him, and I'm just waiting there on my knees, kind of waiting, waiting, and did it the right way. And he started coming up, pulled his arm on his back, 
up by five nothing. It's it's a nice way to be in the first period of the finals. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you also had some headlocks and some other stuff too, right? Yeah, I, I did a lot of different moves. Um, so I, I did a lot of freestyle training, um, and uh, I went to Japan. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I went to Japan and trained six weeks with Tokai University. Wow. And the Olympic coach... What was that? Uh, uh, that was my, actually my freshman, after my freshman year in college. Gotcha. So I brought a lot of uh, uh, Japanese throws and things back. I used to do headlocks all the time. I yep. mean, I threw headlocks against, you know, Mike, Mike Frick. Is, uh, well, yeah, know. I mean, his last fi- his final match at home, right? Didn't yeah. you uh, so, tie him 9-9 nine to nine or something? Yeah, was it, was, it was kind of fun. We, he, <laughs> I, I kind of set him up for the fire. Uh, he has a, a really good fireman's, and I knew he was going to shoot it, mm-hmm. and I timed it perfectly. Yeah. And he was on his back for two minutes and 45 seconds. Oh, my God. And, and, and it was like a packed house. You know, I'm, I'm there looking at him, and I'm trying, <laughs> trying to tighten it up a little bit. And, right. and I'm looking at my coach, and I go, you know, it's like – yeah, it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was interesting, too, because I remember um, a day in the wrestling room at Beachwood where, where Jimmy Carr, mm-hmm. you, Doug Weiss, and I think Rick Sanders were in the, the room yeah. wrestling all at the same time. Yeah. So uh, going into my senior year uh, of of uh, wrestling at Beachwood. I never really wrestled a full season as a varsity wrestler. I don't know if you know that. Freshman year, I was just a freshman. Sophomore year, uh, I was behind Jim Belfiore. Coach wouldn't let me wrestle him off for the sectionals. Um, So I didn't wrestle that season. My junior year, um, you you probably remember that I I got sick and hurt. So right after the Kenston tournament, um, I was ready to uh, go back to school, you know, the, right after the Christmas break. And I go to the bathroom and I was like, holy smokes, what is going on down there? Yeah. <laughs> Blood everywhere. Oh it was, my God. it was very scary. Horrible. Yeah. Very scary. So I, I go, well, I, I better call my mom and yeah. s- see what she should do. So we went down to the Cleveland clinic. My grandfather took me there. Yep. They go, you got a problem, young man. Um, we're going to have to operate on you. So I had an obstruction. It was a, gen- a genetic uh, obstruction from my ureter yeah. to my bladder. Oh, wow. And all the wrestling that I was doing, uh, I was actually doing some judo, uh, some cross training, and sure. got a lot of throws and such. So I think I might have irritated it. But anyway, yeah. I'm in the emergency waiting to hear what's going on. Yep. Um, they go, you're gonna, we're going to have to operate on you. And I says, am I being admitted? She says, well, we're trying to get you a room. I said, does that mean I can eat now? Because <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, right, yeah, exactly. I was wrestling 119 pounds. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I was cutting tight. a lot of that's weight. tight, bro. But I was, I was, you know, had pretty good strength, so I could pull myself in bed after the surgery and such. Well, you used to do, you used to do like 25 yeah. pull-ups, like like they're nothing, right? Yeah, so so I, I was done, though. You know, yeah. it's like I, I, never, I never had a chance, so... So talk about stories. Why do people do what they do? You know, I tried to make up when the doctor said in June, yeah, you're good to go. You can do whatever you want, train. Yep. And that's when I started training. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I went to tournaments every weekend. I'd go to college opens and I'd get my butt kicked. I just, sure. you know, just want to go in a match. I want to yeah, wrestle yeah, somebody. Yeah. But I wrestled, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good guys, state champs from all around, uh, and then. Uh, Actually, we met Rick Sanders. Yeah, um, the Rick Sanders. Rick Sanders. We're at a, a tournament in New the York. Ultimate hippie. 
Holy yep. cow. Yeah, he yeah. was he was amazing. Free he had, spirit. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember Rick that well, or well, I just met him a couple times. Okay. And I was ninth grade, so yeah. you know, my memory is so it was it was really weird. we were at this tournament in New York and uh, at the concession outside. We're talking to this guy, he's smoking a cigarette, drinking a coke, eating a hot dog, and he says, and they're they're yelling for Rick Sanders. Last call, Rick Sanders. And he said, oh, could you watch my stuff? I'll be right back. And we oh go, who is this guy? Yeah. So we go look inside the gym. He he lets the guy shoot on his leg, as he always did. Right. Then he does like a scissors on, on the guy's arm, does a reverse half, and pins him. And he comes back out. <laughs> and and uh, I go, wow, you know, who are you? That's right. And That's right. Yeah. So he told us he's on his way to the world training camp in Annapolis, Maryland. Yeah. And... Uh, um, he said, yeah, I'm just on my way, and I'm hitchhiking there. And so we go, wow, the World, right. world Training Camp. So my parents said, well, we got a car. Right. Uh, you want to take uh, my sons, sure. and we'll go to the World Wrestling Training Camp. And actually, I tried out for the world team. I love it. it world team trials in 19... 19- 71, I was summer oh, wow. 71. I wrestled Dwayne or Daryl Keller. Oh, my uh, gosh. It was the first time I got pinned. It was 8.59. It was nine-minute matches. Sure. Practically broke my neck. It's oh, like I was laid up for, for a week after that. But yeah. uh, 8.59, the score was like... Uh, and I think it was like twenty six to nothing. That was before they had that was before they had uh, Tech Falls. Right. And anyway, so I I lose the match, yeah. but I didn't re- realize. I think Gene Davis actually ended up making the team spot that year. But anybody could show up for the team trials yeah, back then. You didn't back have to qualify. Day. Yep. So you know, here I am. It's a different I, world. I, I wasn't even a varsity wrestler <laughs> wrestling for the world team spot. I love and, it. And I stayed at the training camp um, and all, um, but um, then I finally won my first tournament actually. Uh, um, in Virginia, so like I said, I'm traveling all over. Yeah. Went to Virginia, won a tournament, and uh, and then I won another tournament against a guy by the name of Mike Pace, and and he was really really good, a kid from the area. Everybody you know knew Mike Pace. He, I think he took second in the states, but uh, I was at the one of those summer tournaments in the Cleveland area, and all of his buddies were watching, and they who in the hell is this Mark Haywold guy? Right, and I you know I beat Mike Pace, and it's like. You know, that was, you know, again, uh, part of the the beginning of me saying, hey, you know, I can I can hang with these guys. Sure. Well, so. that's the thing that that that's really where the, the aha moment occurs. Yeah. And and so that that day, I remember watching you guys go at it. And it was just incredible to me to see this all these superstars, you know, to me as a ninth grader, too, didn't you know. And so at the end of the day, though, you had a, a true interesting transformation between your sectional and your district. My senior year? Your senior year. Because Carmen Pastor wasn't the yeah. guy who beat you? Um, or, 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 or won? Well, so, so the, the story behind you did that, not win the sectional, right? that, that's, And I didn't win the conference either. Yeah. So it was a conference, a week later sectional, week later so district. So you were definitely a dark horse to win the state title. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so so t- the story behind that is, uh, this was now, this is uh, spring of 1972. Sure. Uh, we, we became friends with Rick Sanders. Yeah. So Rick needs money. Yeah. Uh, he needs training. It's sad because all of this, that's that's what happened with Foxcatcher. Yep. You know, and, and you know, the, the so sadness with Schultz. R- Rick uh, agreed to train me mm-hmm. uh, for three weeks, uh, really uh, the week before sectionals, districts, and state. He sure. stayed with, uh, lived in our house. Right. And uh, so we'd go to Beachwood and practice, and, and you know, it was, it was really... Uh, um, 
unbelievable having a, a, a world-class... Well, it had to be eye-opening. Yeah. I mean, so here I am just, training yeah. with a guy that was a world champ, a silver medal in the Olympics, training with him every day. Yeah. And, and he didn't, he didn't uh, you know, like some coaches or some guys will humiliate you and show you how tough they are. Sure. So, and I learned this from him. I, I would, when he trained with me, he trained enough to kick my butt, but not to humiliate me and, yeah. and help me grow. Sure. So... Which so, is a, what, what a great coach does. Yeah, instead yeah. of, you know, you just like, look how tough I am. I can yeah. beat you up and, and you don't learn a darn thing. Right. So so anyway, uh, this time of year, I always would get bronchitis. I mean, yeah. it was just, you just, I just never knew when it was going to hit me. Yeah. And here I am going to the conference tournament and, you know, like flu, bronchitis, whatever. I mean, I, I can hardly walk, let's say. Right. And, but, you know, you got to go. And, yeah. uh I, uh, I, I took, uh, I think I took third in the conference, um, you know, beat, you know, didn't beat the best guy, but I, you know, beat most of the guys. And then at sectionals, you know, I'm, I'm same thing. I'm like, God, I'm spitting up blood and stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really sick, you know, yeah. but I, I got, you gotta go. Yeah. You gotta go. You gotta go. And so I'm wrestling, um, in the, uh, actually I, I was doing okay. I, I think I was in the, in the semifinals mm-hmm. and, um, I was wrestling a guy by the name of, I believe it was Tom Mayer from Warrensville Heights. And uh, he was hanging on my leg, hanging on my leg. And I, I couldn't, yeah. you know, I didn't know what to do. Right. Uh, right after that, Rick Sanders took me off the side. He says, if a guy hangs on your leg, this is what you do. You And I, I use this move the rest of my life. Sure. And it was, it was a hold the head down, step over, do like inside switch and put him on his back and pin him. Yeah, yeah. But it, I didn't know that then. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, I end up taking, I think I took third at sectionals. I wrestled Rick Polhemus from Solon mm. and he was a real stud. He was, yeah. he was a real horse and he came charging at me and I hit him with a, a lateral dropper pancake. And it was like, I still had, had my moves, even though I wasn't at my best physically. Right. All of a sudden I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm, I go, I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah. I go to districts like I'm on fire. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm so fired up. I'm, I feel great. And I, I mean, I walk through districts. I'll be dying. I mean, I, I think in the finals was nine to one or something. And sure. I mean, but the funnest match I had at districts was against Carmen Pastor. Okay. In the semi, in the semis. Yeah. And you know, he, he figured he's got me cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if, if we wrestled, I think we might've wrestled earlier that year, but, but I, I was telling my son, Mark, uh, I learned a lot of this, this uh, stuff from Rick Sanders, you know, messing with the, the opponent, and it's a little different today, but, but back in the day, you know, the guy would get set. I would stand on the right side yeah. and he thinks I'm going to line up on the right side. And then I'd walk over to the left side sure. and then they'd readjust and the refs go caution. Yeah. And then they'd readjust it. I walk back over on the right side and line up on the yeah, right side. Exactly. So I used to do things like that and it was kind of fun. It was, you know, being in, yeah, yeah, being in, in control, yep. but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wrestled a really good match against him and, you know, solid beat him. You know, uh, I didn't, you know, maybe, I don't know, six to two or eight to two or something. But I think I walked out of districts. Uh, if I recall, uh, like I scored 30 some points and my opponent scored like less than five. Yeah. And you yeah. were the first district champ ever. From from Beachwood. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty exciting. And, yep, yep. Uh, and then, you know. State when, when in that match to go to states, I mean, my son Mark went in that match to go to states. Is it's you know one of the most exciting things that you. Oh my God! Have. I just experienced that. And with and your I, guy, it was just incredible. And there's a there's a picture that somebody took that is just like I mean, it, 
I'm being humble, but it, it's a poster picture. Yeah. You know, I mean, like with the fist and this kid is just intense on me. And all he had to do is the next minute, just do what he was doing. And he's a district champ. It was really a cool feeling. No, it, 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 was, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, and so you win the state title and, and, and yeah. So, go, right? so it was kind of weird. I, I'm, I remember being down at the States with Alan Evangelista. I think he was in the finals. Um, and we were warming up for the finals. And, you know, I knew him from Richmond Heights. Well, you know, it's interesting because he works for Tony Mazzella. Right. And I'm going to go see Tony Mazzella today at 3 o'clock. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well yes. and actually, Alan was, was yeah. a, a, an usher in, in my wedding. I, I know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, here I am talking It's a John Carroll week, sadly, because of yeah. our, our losing uh, Nick, Nick D'Angelo. is a horrible, horrible thing. Right. And, and um, But, you know, just go, again, going back to... Um, the, the finals, yep. you know, I, I actually, in the semifinals, uh, I, I was doing one of my Japanese double arm bars, bridge through and put the guy on his back. Yeah. And as I'm doing that, th- this was kind of new technology or new technique. Uh, right. And so I got the guy locked up and, yeah. and I got him locked. I got him locked really good. Yeah. And I, so I, I do the throw, I mm-hmm. arch, do like a, a bridge all the way through and putting him on his back. Ref goes two takedown. Yeah. Two back points for the other guy. What? Yeah, for yeah. The, so I'm I'm losing four nothing. Huh? And and but I'm I'm bridging through. I've I've got him locked up. It's just you know I'm coming yeah, through, yeah. and I, I came up on top. You know, yeah. it was because it took like maybe three or four seconds. Yeah, but, yeah. but in the meantime, going yeah, yeah. two takedown for him, two back points. So now I'm on top, and I'm, you know, I now I got my five. I think it was three and two. So now yeah. I'm up five to four, but it's, that was my closest match. And it's like, it, it didn't need to be. And then, sure. you know, well, I they just... didn't recognize it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So that, well, that it's was like when, what refs didn't recognize the Peterson role. Right. You know what I mean? It was the same thing. They didn't know what to, how to score it. So it was interesting. Yeah. So I was a nobody mm-hmm. and, and I go down to the state tournament and I wrestle um, a guy by the name of Rick Schantz in the finals, who yeah. is a, an official, you know, mm-hmm. Mark, Rick and, um, so I, I ran into him while my son Mark is wrestling. He's officiating a lot of these matches. And I go, oh, my God, Rick, how you doing? Yeah, so we yeah. started talking. And I go, so, like, Rick, you know, uh, how good were you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I never talked to him after that yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, you course. know, so I see him years later. He says, yeah. well, I was undefeated. I was predicted to win the state champs, and you came out of nowhere. That's we right. didn't know who you were. Nobody knew who you were. Yeah. And, uh Anyway, I saw, I'm glad I didn't know that, you know. And, you know, today, everybody knows everything about everybody. I, yeah, I, oh, my God, yeah. I, I never, ever wanted to know anybody who, who I was wrestling and what they did. I, I like to find out afterwards. Well, I learned and, that from you. And yeah. I learned that also at, 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 from DiCarlo because what he said was, he coached, he said, wrestle your match. Yeah. If somebody beats your match, then they're better. Just take, their, take your match to them. Mm-hmm. And... Nick D'Angelo was that guy. He was the embodiment of that. And I was like his personal coach. Mm-hmm. And I had the honor of sitting there uh, when he won his national title and being the assistant coach. But Nick had a blast double. He had those long oh, yeah. arms, blast double. His, and he had that football tackle because he was an All-American in football. He had a deep waist ride that literally with those long arms and that, that animal, animalistic uh, you know, strength, and he could not be held down. He had the best stand-up on the team. Yeah, he was tough. And and that's what his match was. And if you beat that, you're going to beat him. But you you didn't beat him, you know. So it's an interesting how you said that from, from, from word go. And really, listen, if you think about it, you know, if you're going to beat Rick Sanders, you got to take him down. Right. Who took him down? Not many, right? You, Same you, thing. Yeah, you can't be intimidated by your 
competition. And, and I, I would always say to myself, I, there is actually one, one wrestler that I feared. I, I always feared this one wrestler, feared him the most, which was myself. Sure. sure. And I always wanted to be able to go a hundred percent and, um, you know, with the best, uh, the best guys I wrestled, I wanted to go hundred percent. I never held back trying to wait to the third period. I, I wanted, I want to score points right now. Let's right. go, let's get at it. Right. So I, I wrestled uh, Don Roan from Lee, not Lehigh, from Clarion. He was a, a national champ. John Carroll wrestled uh, them. Yep. I had a, they're D1. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, I had a, a wrap around my, my waist. I, I cracked my rib from throwing a headlock against a, uh, Mars, a uh, kid from Richmond Heights, Massiello, Alex Massiello, I believe. Oh, yeah. So I threw, threw a head like I still got this big knot on my side, but <laughs> I, I had to wrestle him, you know, I, and I was, um, but I, I gassed third period because yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe and this and that. And mm-hmm. the strongest guy I ever wrestled. I mean, I was in on high crotch, had him up in the air, like, I got this guy and he's just, just a horse. I yeah. mean, he was benching like 350 back in the day. Sure. He, but, sure. uh, but again, the, my, the, my fear of getting tired so that every time I would wrestle a, a D one wrestler, um, uh, like, you know, Tony DiGiovanni, I, yeah. I, I never beat Tony DiGiovanni. I watched that match. I watched yeah. that. I yeah. think it was your maybe junior year, his senior year. Yeah. yeah. So I was, was wrestling my senior year in high school, 75 and you, yeah, yeah. I was wrestling 34, and and I went up to 42 to wrestle him because uh, two years earlier, two years earlier, um, he he beat me, beat me good, and uh, I said I, I'm I'm gotta gotta get this one, yeah. and uh, and I, I lost the match, but but I I went 100 percent, and I wasn't tired after the match, and and he beat me, you yeah. know, and that and that that was the thing. If if I when I lost, I didn't. It didn't bother me that much because I know I gave a hundred percent. Sure, and you know it's like, damn it, you 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 beat me today. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, so. I you know I wanted to get this high school career in posterity. Yeah. You know because it was extremely <laughs> instrumental in in my upbringing, if you will, and I know it was instrumental in yours, Mark, because that's your dad. And after the break, I haven't talked to you, Mark. Uh, thanks for sitting there <laughs> and listening and being part of, part of the audience. But I want to really uh, talk about the dynamic of you guys together and then what that has fomented in the world of wrestling because both of you have obviously impressed and inspired numerous people in our sport but also in the world. Right. And we'll be back after the break. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Cash value whole life policies work so well in the real estate industry. Have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept and system? Well, we have from Next Level Continuing Education. They will teach you how to use your cash value in your whole life policies so that you can access that to invest in investment properties. That is the infinite banking concept. Call Ed Knezovich at 614-648-2440 for more details on the infinite banking concept and system. That's Ed Knezovich at Next Level Continuing Education, 614-648-2440. And we're back. This is Coach Simroni and Mark Haywald, the coach. How are you, Mark? Great. Thanks for sitting here and... and, uh, being so patient, but I want to talk about in this uh, segment, what this meant to you, you know, having a dad and we, we explored it a little bit the first time you were in and you talk about the DNA of, 
of your dad and of Tony DiGiovanni uh, and how you have actually evolved it. What did it mean to have a two-time NCAA champion, dad, um, tutelage, you know, your, in your tutelage, if you will, and then what did you do with that? That's a loaded question. Now, uh, well, that's, why, that's why I asked these. I so asked, I, asked I think questions. it's tough. Uh, you know, the, the father-son relationships are always going to be complicated. So sure. um, it's my dad was pretty good, but you know how how does uh, how does Kale Sanderson's kids feel? How does right. uh, well Dan Gable has daughters, but Tom Brand's kids? You know, uh, to have a, a dad, Tiger Woods kids. Yeah, yeah. To have a dad, Tom Brady. We can go on and on, right? And those right. guys are are pretty special people. Uh, so to have a dad who's had success um, and accomplished things, I think is is tough. But sure. it's it's also something. Unfortunately, maybe till you're older, you don't realize um, what what other kind what of dad. Fra- yeah, what, what other fra- kind of dad would you want? Would well, you yeah, you, mean, you know? You know it's, it's, uh, it's, it's it's exactly right. You, that's your dad. Yeah, you 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 know, and I hope I hope that, um, and, and I don't mean this in a, in a arrogant way, but I hope my kids, my own two sons, say, my dad is. He's the, the baddest ass dad around, sure, you know? Sure, yeah. And so, yeah. um, so I think that's, you know, trying to, to balance of, of not being in a, a shadow, but also making uh, your own way, making right? your own way. Exactly. Yeah. But also not, uh, for all the wrong reasons going in a different direction. Uh, right. To say, Oh, well, my dad was a wrestler, so I'm not going to be a wrestler. Well, that's my dad went to John Carroll. I'm not going to go to John Carroll. Mm-hmm. Those aren't, those aren't good reasons to make a decision just right. like doing it because he did it is not a good reason so for me i think it was just yeah accepting following emulating um realizing making that your own story though yeah right? realizing that i don't like wrestling because my dad liked wrestling I, I like wrestling because i like wrestling and my dad right. introduced it to me um yeah i'd like to interject something here <laughs> oh no sure. just yeah. so one of the things uh when when i got married um uh, I didn't have a whole lot of stuff, you know, and yeah. so I had a shelf that we had in our house and I had a lot of trophies and things on it. And as, uh, my kids got older, I go, I don't want them to see all this stuff. Okay. So I, I put all of my trophies and plaques, everything in a box up in the attic. Sure. They, they never saw any of this stuff gotcha. and I never really pushed them, uh, bragged, talked about my success as an athlete. Uh, they, they learned it from others. Sure. And, uh, oh, you know, your dad was a wrestler. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I never pushed them. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, my oldest son, Joe, in, in fifth grade said, Dad, would you like to start a wrestling program yeah. at St. Rita's? Which And Mark was in third grade at the time, and, and Mark was a, the tag-along little brother. Sure. And, and that's Mark's initial exposure to wrestling. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so I think that's, that's kind of where I got introduced, and then it became uh, that – well, what's, what do you want to do with it? And I said, gotcha. I want to be, I want to be great. And well, this is what it takes to be great. And so then there's, you know, I don't know when that maybe was freshman, sophomore year, maybe high school kind of going everywhere. Actually, I feel like it was soft after my sophomore year. Cause my, my brother graduated high school. He was a senior. I was a sophomore. So sophomore sure. year, I felt like after sophomore, after junior year, up till through senior, I felt like me and my dad went everywhere (laughs) going to travel to tournaments you know going it's kind of the same thing and it was almost like i didn't i don't even know at that time that i knew he did the same thing uh and uh well he was a pioneer too with all this what we're talking about today it's pretty common where sure you know coaches come in and you get all these 
you know, Olympic champions or NCAA champions coming in and doing clinics and, and mm-hmm. doing some private coaching, et cetera. That, that, that never happened really. No. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah. That was kind of the, the, what I did. I was committed to being great. Um, I don't know if I accomplished that, but, uh, we went to St. Ed's every yeah, week. We did, yeah. We all did, the, did all that stuff. Um, well, you and, know, Mark, I think your story is it sort of mirrors my story to some degree, although you were a better wrestler is that I knew that my best foot forward was to help others be their best, sure. you know, because I knew that I didn't have the natural talent no matter how hard I worked. Now, I'm not saying that that was you, but I think that you have really evolved what your dad's DNA is into something that is more expansive, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that I mean, so I think, I think what made my father successful did not make me as successful. I think I followed the same plan. And that's, that's where, to your point, mm-hmm. I've, I think I do well as coaching because, because, sure. Uh, you come and wrestle for me at John Carroll, there is not a plan. There is many plans. There is right. evolving plans. And I think that's maybe what I've learned is that success and not, and, and to that point, success means different things. You, sure. We have had guys who've graduated. Well, it comes in many forms. Yep. Who, yes. who their goal is to, uh, you know, go four years. That's, right. that's the goal. Um, I don't understand that goal, but if that's their goal, I'm going to support well, it. Well, that's like I just ben- want to be on the team. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. like the Ben Adams story, yeah. right? Sure. I mean, to take eighth in the country for him was literally sometimes like winning three national. Yeah, yeah. And so. you have a guy who would take eighth and and feel like his life he doesn't deserve to live anymore, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think that's it. And in terms of coaching, you know, we have guys who who need to be all in all day, every day. We have guys who literally need to stay off the mats. Like don't wrestle from right. the end of this season to the beginning of next season. Why? Not that wrestling hurts them, but mentally maybe it, it, it's, it doesn't make them their best. So I, I think that's definitely, yeah, to your point of where I've kind of grown and learned. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, like the core things like, work really, really hard. Like, well, this, <laughs> this man here worked really, yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> he set the stage. You can't, yeah. uh, working harder than your opponent does not guarantee success. It doesn't, but it, it certainly helps. Yes. <laughs> so that's maybe a big lesson. And that's to this day. I mean, even in, uh, coaching, you have to work hard and uh, in, in what you're doing, you have to work hard. My dad and his business and my brother, they work hard. Um, you know, wrestling is, I always kind of say like <clears throat> life is, is wrestling is a, uh, like life. It's essentially like a, a hard forearm <coughs> yeah. in the back of your head, smashing it into a dirty wrestling <laughs> mat. Like yeah. that is life. That's what life does. And, and you sure. can, you can just, you know, get your face smushed under the mat or you can, you well, can fight and, back. And it's starting to, it's starting to really show too at the, at the John Carroll program. I hope so. Yeah. 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 We had a good season and, and, uh, you know, hope to continue to grow with that, but um, but it is, yeah, at those core values, it's, it's kind of who you are inside that, that pushes you. Yeah. I want to jump in on some of the things that Mark's saying and, you sure. know, what motivates kids, you know, I want to be on the team mm-hmm. and, and I've, I've done, uh, uh, you know, clinics and things. And I always, I always ask the kids, I go, so what's your goal? I mean, how many here want to be a state champ? And of course yeah. they all raise their hand. Yeah. And then, you know, are you willing to make the commitment to be a state champ? And then what motivates you? I, I mean, I'll share with you one of the things that really motivated me. I was like you, Pete. Mm-hmm. I was ninth grade. I was a little guy. Yeah. So Mr. Vihar, my algebra teacher. Yeah. Ray my algebra cat, teacher Vihar, says, yep. hey, uh, 
I want to introduce you to somebody. He introduced me to Dominic Amarino. Yeah. And, and again, I was a small kid. And prior to that, um, I had a stepbrother uh, from Michigan who was, was the super jock. Um, and he was a great baseball player, football player, all American for central Michigan. And, you know, he's a big guy. I used to tr help train with him for track and stuff. And here I am, I'm a little guy and he's, you know, a big, massive, you know, athlete. Mm -hmm. So he motivated me. I go, he, he has no idea how successful I was. I was more successful than him, so to speak as yeah. a, as an athlete, but, uh, he, he never knew that, but he was very instrumental in triggering me to, to be excellent. And cause I wanted to be like him. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but didn't, I didn't realize I was gonna be better than him. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, and, and so that's what blood time's all about. That's mm -hmm. why I do this is that blood time moment. So mm -hmm. whether it's something said or something done or something observed that transforms you. And then what do you do with that transformation? And here we sit with Mark, your son transformed into this great coach and now transforming other individuals mm -hmm. into great people. And that's what John Carroll <coughs> is all about. And that's the beauty of this. And, and Mark, you know, you, you, during the break, you talked about some amazing stories, you know, at the Olympic village of the day of the horrible tragedy of the Israeli weightlifting team, mm -hmm. where they were all massacred by the, uh, by the terrorists. And that had to transform you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was wearing Rick Sanders ID at the time I'd come and go in Olympic village. I'm, I'm sitting <clears throat> in Olympic village with uh, Dan Gable and the Peterson brothers were sitting out there, you know, sure. a beautiful day in September in, in Munich. And the night that the, uh, terrorists attacked, yeah. uh, the American dorms was on one, one side of the, of the pond. And on the other side was the Israelis. And, um, I left the village that morning, um, you know, not knowing anything happened because we didn't have social media. It was like, see all these helicopters and police, this and that. And then now, now the, 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 the security looks at my, my badge and I have a full beard, oh <laughs> long <my God>. hair. <laughs> oh my God. I was Rick Sanders. And yeah. he, the guy rips it off me. He goes, I go, I shave. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, that's not you. I mean, I, I was on the team buses and everything. I was traveling. Oh my God, I was going funny. to the uh, venues and everything. I was like, like an athlete. Oh my God. How fun. But, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty tragic to, to say the least though. And it's just, um, there was a wrestler from Shaker Heights, uh, yeah. uh, Berger. Um, yep. David Berger. David Berger. Yeah. yeah and, and, and the, the news was local area wrestler is killed in Olympic village. And, and the story, quick story, my mom calls my roommate and says, I need to talk to Mark. Um, and my roommate says, I haven't seen Mark since yesterday. He's in Olympic village. Dear God. So, you know, Shaker Heights, oh, Beachwood. And my mom say, Oh my God. And, yeah, and yeah. but then I called her and I said, I'm fine. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite an experience for a seven. Well, I was 18 at the time. Uh, Hofbrauhaus House of, of Jimmy Carr were drinking beers. Sergio Gonzalez, his brother, uh, at the Hofbrauhaus, House, and and Don Beam. All these guys were in Olympic Village, and all the all the usher ladies are in the village with us in the, yeah. in, the in the dorms. Like we're all partying. In it was Munich. like yeah. it was it was yeah. it was a, a, a unbelievable experience. But what was it like to to win your second title? Um, the second national title. Yep. I mean, obviously, the first national title had to be pretty cool. Yeah, so... But to win two, man. Yeah, so I always trained to, you know, we didn't really do tech falls back then, but I, I trained to major everybody I wrestled, you know, sure. dominate. I didn't want to just win. Uh, so 
I, I think I pinned in the semis of the Nationals, um, uh, and uh, so I'm in the finals against a guy from Montclair State, and the guy was just coming at me like a horse. Yep. I threw a headlock, missed it, <laughs> missed it, threw another headlock, missed it. Wow. Uh, third headlock I threw in the finals uh, yep. I got, but uh, I think it cost me outstanding wrestler. So the guy I beat the previous year, yeah. um, um, at, he went down to 126. He was national champ, Vince Tundo, okay. and, and he was the national champ. Um, I, I looked at it as a stepping stone, uh, actually. My, my goal was to, to, to win it, to go to D1 and, and do the job there. Right. So it was, I mean, I wrestled five matches at D3 that that weekend yeah um and it's like all right let's go let's go let's go work out i wrestled eight matches the following week at d1 and i go where's the masseuse yeah you know? exactly i, I yeah. mean i could hardly walk eight sure. matches well, i mean you see those guys at the end of the, the tournament yeah they look i like mean every every yeah. match i mean absolutely I, I wrestled you know a lot of tough guys and i didn't realize coach haywell kind of put all this stuff out there like the the big the big eight champ or big 12 champ from Oklahoma, the, the champ from Navy, the sure. champ from, you know, Stanford. I mean, I was wrestling all these conference champions. Every match was like, it was a, a dog fight. And, sure. it's, and uh, but yeah, eight matches People later. People don't realize how. <laughs> I, I wrestled the, uh, uh, Sammy Comar, the big 10 champ. Uh, sure. uh, SG. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah. I underestimated him, but uh, I, I lost that match. But Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, it was all fun. Took fifth, and um, a lot of lot of history there. And uh, and you had the uh, the national championship banner in '75. You were what uh, either uh, a junior? I think uh, yeah, year. that was my junior year. Our team won it. That was that was actually probably most exciting weekend. Sure. And then after the, the tournament was over, we we had the second place team Montclair had a big party at our house. I, I mean, we, it. we're had my house in Beechwood. We used to do that. I, I don't know if, if you guys did that, Mark. I mean, <laughs> probably not. I mean, back in the <laughs> day, you know, yeah, we, we were at hotels yeah. and, and we'd all like go to the, the ballroom and all the teams are there. The girlfriends are there. And, yeah. and you know, after tournaments, we'd go big socials. But it's it's changed, unfortunately. Now, well, it's it's unlikely that uh, in today's world, you're going to have the championship team and, and a national champ wrestler whose parents live a mile from yeah, campus exactly right. exactly. and be willing to host exactly everybody. Right. Exactly so yeah, right. if that happens, maybe that there will be a, yeah. of events. Just yeah. Doesn't that, happen. that is pretty cool. If right. you think about it. Well, you know, you have uh, this incredible lineage and, and, and history, Mark coach, uh, and you have, and then, you know, two hall of fame coaches that you just followed. What, um, what's words of inspiration that you've learned from them, from your father, that you could leave the audience with, and and, oh, geez. and what have what have how have they affected your coaching stuff? Well, I you're throwing a lot of pe names out there, and maybe that's well, the, you know, if you look that's at, if that you is look at, the inspiration, yeah, I guess. I mean, though it, it, it's yeah. it's that every day you have opportunity to um, learn from from people maybe you don't even know, people who have mentored you directly, people who have mentored your uh, mentors, right? You have mm -hmm. Tony DiCarlo influenced uh, my father influenced our program. Kerry Volkman influenced me. Um, I've been influenced by my wrestlers. I'm going, I, this guy's changed my viewpoint on certain things. Uh, uh, quick, like I, I've used this story often. I had a wrestler who I kept criticizing for eating candy. Yeah. And he said, coach, I'm, I'm train hard. I do extra work. I do that. He basically rattled off, rattled off a list of everything he did perfectly. And he goes, uh, 
I'm like, you know, I'm 3% body fat on this, this. And right. he goes, I like candy. It makes me feel good. I go, yep. all right, good point. Yeah. You yep. know what? You can eat candy. And so yep. it's like to that point in my life, I thought candy's bad for wrestlers. So, <laughs> right. so my point is you learn from the kids you coach. It's you, almost you, like therapy. For sure. You yeah, should, as, like as an employer, yeah. you should learn from your employees. So yep. that would you be know, the inspiration. The Do unto yeah. others as they wish to be done. Unto yeah, them. no right. doubt. And, and yeah. even in, in my life as a wrestler, wrestling coach, uh, here's a person who's not a, athlete by, by, you know, uh, any means, I suppose is my mother, you know, she sure. inspired me, Debbie, my mom, Debbie, my, yeah. my, my dad's wife, uh, yep. in, in terms of critical thinking, I would say, right. Of, sure. of, you can't just address every problem as, uh, you know, I'm a wrestler. I will break it and smash it, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, think differently. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, that would be my, you ask for parting words of wisdom is we are surrounded daily by people who are have their own stories, their own lessons, and if you're not listening and trying to better yourself, then uh, kind of shame on you, I guess. Open mind, open heart. Yep, I love that. Absolutely. And Mark, you had you know Hall of Famers coach mm -hmm. you, right. uh, and then we're surrounded by the best of the best. What words of wisdom and, and encouragement can you leave us with? Yeah, well, you know, uh, when I look at wrestling, uh, I. I came up with a program that I thought was very helpful to me and I broke the sport down okay. um, because as Coach Hayabal was saying, the kid ate candy. Okay. So what makes a complete wrestler? If you want to be the best, you got to be best in all areas. You have to have the best technique. Sure. You, you have to have the, the best strength. You have the best diet, nutrition, the best mental attitude. If you have all those things um, and you're hundred percent on all those, all things equal, you're probably going to dominate your opponent but let's say you have everything but you have the, t the worst diet yeah. or the, the worst mental attitude like oh you're always uh, you're, you have a loser attitude uh, you can have the best technique best strength best conditioning you're not going to make it right. so what, what do i tell young men you know to strive to be 100 percent the best you can in every area and um whether it's wrestling life business you know and a positive winning mental attitude sure uh, I mean, I learned that early on. Hey, I'm only eight pounds over. How much are you over? You're six over? Oh, come on, let's go. Yeah. You know, and I learned that from uh, Danny Weir. Danny Weir made wrestling fun. Sure. And so have a positive mental attitude. Uh, when you choose to be happy or sad, so to speak, things make might make you upset and sure. sad, but try to be strong and get through it and be positive. And then life will be a lot better for everybody. I love those words from both of you because I want to coach great human beings. Because if you're a great human being and with a little bit or a lot of talent, obviously, but a little bit of talent, you could become a pretty doggone good wrestler. Mm -hmm. So it's the underpinnings, the foundational, you know, pillars, if you will, of a great human being is what you're describing. And, and I know you're coaching that at John Carroll. And sadly, we lost, I think, a great human being too soon uh, in Nick D'Angelo. Um, our national champion. Mm -hmm. um, that said, love this interview. I'm just honored to have you both here. Well, thank you, Pete. I oh. enjoyed it. Well, Mark, it's it's been a while since I've seen you, but yeah. I remember when you spoke to my team when I was the head coach at Beachwood, it was extremely um, poignant, compelling, and uh, they definitely listened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> so um, all good. that said, yeah, we've we've been surrounded by great people, haven't we? All of our yeah. lives. And you've done a great job too. I mean, uh, uh, what, what you're doing for the sport and is, is very, very good. And, uh, uh, 
you've, you've mentored many good young men, too. For well, sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, Mark, the national champion father, yeah. and Mark, the soon-to-be national championship right. team right. <laughs> coach. <laughs> Love that you're both here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Go Have Blue Streaks. Go this Blue is Streaks. Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. We are all blood. Love to all. Men, women, if you want to look great... What are you doing? Why aren't you calling Cimarroni Couture? This is Coach Cimarroni. Call Missy, our CEO. We'll take care of you. 216-496-2592. Pick up the phone. Get those shirts, sport coats, suits, pants, dresses, whatever you need. Finest fabrics. Best tailoring on the planet. And right here locally, we'll come to your home, we'll come to your office, or you can come to us. Whatever's your pleasure. Give Missy a call. Cimarroni Couture. Give Missy a call. 216-496-2592. Cimarroni Couture. See Peter Cimarroni Coach. We are all blood. Love to all.